Hello everyone and welcome to episode 41 of the Talking Football Podcast with me, Derek Clark. Thank you very much once again for your company in these strange times that we're living in at the moment. Despite the obvious lack of football, I hope we can provide a, a little football fix in the form of quality interviews with some of the most colourful and interesting characters in the game. In this episode, I chatted with a much-loved Spanish defender who's best known for his time at Livingston and Hamilton Ackies. It is, of course, Jesus Garcia Tena. Jesus tells his story from growing up in Barcelona to joining Juventus as a kid and his time in Scotland where he still resides. And you can tell by his accent, he's fully ingrained himself into Scottish culture. So sit back and enjoy another belting episode of the Talking Fitball Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Talking Football Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to say we're joined on the line by a Spanish defender who's made Scotland his second home, Jesus Garcia Tena. Uh, Jesus, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank, thank you for having me. Let's talk about your career in, in, in the game. Growing up back in, you, you were born is it in, just in Barcelona, is that correct? Were you always playing football as, as a youngster? Uh, yeah, just a, a city just uh, outside Barcelona. It's called uh, Terrassa. So I started uh, in Terrassa and then uh, I moved to Espanol, Barcelona, yeah. Did you follow Barcelona growing up? Was that your team growing up? Uh, funnily enough, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, my, my family is like from the south of Spain and like at, at that time, the best team in the world, we could say, was Real Madrid. And like, I like all this uh, big stars. So like, I actually follow Real Madrid, but to be fair, I, I, I love playing football, but I'm not that bothered about watching on TV. <laughs> Funnily <laughs> enough, um, did you have? You said you followed Real Madrid. Was there any players that, that you enjoyed watching the most? Oh, like the players that they had, all of them: Zidane, Ronaldo, yeah. uh, Roberto Carlos. Just you name one, and like I'm sure that like everyone will agree that like. <laughs> they were amazing players. Yeah, they certainly were. They were the, the, the Galacticos were some side back then, that's for sure. There's still yeah. some side, of course, at the moment. And um, we've known you as a, a defender, uh, Jesus. Is, is that the, the position you always wanted to play? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, at all, no, no. I, I started more as a, like, a, a number 10, maybe, just in, in behind the strikers, midfielder and behind the strikers. Yep. But because I, I, I was always, like, quite tall, like, Back uh, when I was uh, a little kid, they, they, they started pushing me back. And I, I would also like also be able to kick the ball quite far. So like they they just kept pushing me back until like the only like further back I could go was goalkeeper, and I said no, I'm not going there. So I just <laughs> ended up being a being a centre back. But uh, it's just it's just a matter of adapting to like what you like people, like coaches time that's going to be the best, and like it worked out good for me so yeah absolutely and um, you went to Juventus is that correct as, as a youngster I went there yeah with uh, with my brother which is uh, went there he he spent uh, five six years for yeah. me it was it was uh, a bit different because uh, I was older and uh, like the laws that are in, uh, in Italian football for a foreigner non-Italian player and the youth is, uh, they're quite restricting. So I went straight on loan to to a team in the third division. But 
uh, what happens for the teams, how they make their money is if you play a uh, Italian youngster player, so like an under twenty year old player that is Italian, you get paid a uh, ten pounds, well ten euros per minute that they play on that game. So if they play a full game, you get paid nine hundred uh, nine hundred euros. So what some of these teams do is they put like four or five youngsters in the team to be able to afford higher wages for the other like key players. So if a new position you have an Italian youngster or like a younger player than you that is Italian, it's going to be harder for you to play. But still, it was like an incredible, incredible like uh, experience for me. I learned so much from another uh, different kind of football. Yeah, absolutely. You said you, your brother was there as well. Um, did did you guys just sort of uh, live together, or was it at Diggs you stayed in when you were when you were over there? Uh, Juventus has a uh, used to have a hotel uh, in Torino in the city of Torino. Now they've moved it to the to the training ground. They used to have a hotel for all the the younger players that they could stay. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, all the players from the first team could also stay if they wanted, but it wasn't. As luxurious as probably <laughs> David Love, <laughs> but yeah, there was probably like uh, forty or fifty of us in that hotel. It was just a, a hotel for us. So me and my brother were sharing a room, obviously, and uh, it was amazing because they would just do everything for you. Like all what you had to do is go and train. You would have like your bedrooms made. You would have your food made for you. They would come and pick you up uh, with a, a, a big coach, a big boss to take you to training and. Like the setup that that they've got is is incredible. Now they've even made it better. Like they don't even need to go to school. They ho- they have their own school at the training ground, and uh, so it's, it's it's just an incredible setup. Yeah, absolutely. And um, did you did you um, spend any time with any, any player, any young Juventus players back then that have, have went on to feature for the for the first team? Well, uh, just now, uh, Rogani, the the centre back, yeah. yeah, was there at the hotel. Um, what was his name there? It was a, a, a right back that uh, just uh, broke into the into the national team. I, I can't remember his his name, but like there's lots of them that maybe if they've not made it into into the into Juventus first team because obviously you know how to, how these teams work. Yeah, they need they need results, so they, they, they sign foreign players or like proved players. But there's there's lots of them kicking about, like in in the first division, second division. Uh, there's a uh, one guy at Hips as well. Uh, so yeah, it's it's cut as a as a Hips. So like lots of the lots of the players that like they they just keep going yeah. uh, on loan or uh, stuff like that until like they can prove, and, and obviously they get a chance in the first team. Yeah, definitely. And so they said you, they loaned you out to another side. Um, is is that right? Yeah, I went. Uh, I went on loan to to Cuneo. It was uh, in the third division, and we we won the playoff. And uh, the third division was divided in two in two divisions. We were in the third division two, and we got promoted to third division one that year. And I was reading as well. Did did you spend some some time uh, with Espanol? Is is that right? Yeah, that was uh, all my youth. Uh, I did all my youth since I was uh, twelve until I was uh, nineteen. How was that? Because it's a fierce rivalry, isn't it, between Barcelona and Espanol? Yes, uh, like 
you name it, like Man, Man City, Man United, Celtic, Rangers, it's just it's just another derby. It's like it's not that you cannot see each other because at the end of the day, like when you're a player, like like you, you meet them somewhere else, you go to the to the national team with them or you go to the the regional team with them. So you are friends with the players, but like for the fans, it can't see like they can't see each other. But it was a it was a great experience. Espanol has had for many years a, a really good youth system in Spain, which Barcelona normally would go and steal players from them. My brother actually signed from Espanol to Barcelona at the time, so it was a really really good system. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And of course, you came to Scotland. Uh, Livingston was your your first uh, port of call. How did how did that move come about, Jesus? How did how did you uh, decide to, to to come to Scotland? To be honest, I was in Italy waiting for uh, for Juventus to like uh, say to me, "Look, we'll loan you here, or we'll loan you there." I knew that like it was gonna the same was gonna happen. I was gonna go on loan, and I would have to fight. For a for a place in the team, with the, like with Ted not being even for yeah. both of us, as the guy was Italian, so my agent at the time just said to me, "Look, you're going to go and do a trial in, in Scotland." I was like, "Why not? What have I got to lose?" I came here, uh, played a couple of games for Livingston, just friendly, trained with them, and they offered me a deal, and I just jumped jumped on the bandwagon. Just went for it like I was young at the time I had no fa- like uh, no no family no girlfriend all I had was my parents my brother my brother was going to stay in Italy my parents were going to be in Spain so I said you know what well, let's try it why not were you slightly disappointed that when you left uh, Juventus did you have ambitions that you, that you could make it in the first team or was it just, was it just too difficult uh, that avenue to, to get in there you, you always have like ambitions to, to make it as high as you can but sometimes you need to be also like uh, like real and like think about it like at that time what young guy would have been able to break in the team as a centre back when you've got Giorgio Chiellini Bonucci mm. Barzagli who would take their place <laughs> so no it's just sometimes you just need to be realistic like I've known I've known guys that like uh, in Italy that you can get twenty three people change in the bench. So I've known guys that like they've stayed there, young guys, and they've done thirty benches on the first team. They've went thirty times on the bench on the first team, but what's the point on that? At that point in my life, I had to be playing. Yeah. I couldn't be like just on on the bench and like it's the time that you learn the most. Twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. You're playing with the uh, with people that have been playing for a long time. They're thirty year old. They've got experience. You learn from them. I was playing uh, as a centre with with, a, with a, a guy in Italy that was on his thirties. He's still playing now, and like <laughs> I just learned so much from him just because of the experience that he had. So I had I had to get out and play, and this chance came. And I just took it. Yeah, and um, so you, so you joined Livingston, of course. John Collins was director of football there, and and, and John Hughes, he was he was the manager. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, both of them, like both Johns, were there, and they they were the ones that signed me. It was a it was a complicated season for like uh, in terms of uh, 
our coaches because obviously John Hughes uh, left for uh, Harlepool, like obviously amazing move for him. Yeah. And then John Collins took over uh, with uh, Gareth Evans, and uh, then they they left as well. So we had like three four managers that season. We still like finished third, I think, or fourth. So it was a it was a good season, but like it, it was incredible to learn from like John Collins and uh, John Hughes, like two like great persons, like and obviously great players. Yeah, I was going to ask you about them. John Hughes is, of course, a, a very uh, animated. He's a very animated character. How much did you enjoy? I know it was quite brief um, before he left for Hartlepool, like you say. But how much did you enjoy playing for him? Oh, it was it was amazing. He he probably like you would see him and you would think like totally Scottish football, like just kick the ball as far as you can, go and chase it, see what happens. But he actually wanted to play Barcelona style. That's why he signed me. <laughs> so like it, it was incredible, and like he had he had two two sides of him. Eh? Like yeah. he was all fun and games, like really like nice guy. And then obviously when he had to get serious, you would then be like you would want to see him serious. It would like just flat and like, but a great manager, great great manager, and uh, he knew what he was doing. He knew like how to keep players. He knew well, he was a player himself. They would join training sessions and everything, and like you would still see it. But like at this age, they would like would just go run with you. So uh, no, like I've I've only got like good words for it, Yuki. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And uh, it must have been good for you that he wanted to play football, uh, like you said, the Barcelona way, because Scottish football is predominantly, as you say, quite a physical game, quite cut and thrust. So that must be good for you that, that you came and, and they wanted to play on on the deck. No, absolutely. I'm I'm a defender, but like I'm really not. I'm I'm the first attacker. I just want to play with the ball, attack, and try and make us as nice and like as like beautiful for like the fans as we can. Obviously, like you're playing for like lots of money. You're playing with the, like the club, so you need to get results. But there's ways and ways to get results. But I was I was really really glad to like the. Uh, how like John Hughes and like John Collins wanted to play because it was it was just took on my style. How did you find um, Scottish football uh, in general, uh, Jesus? Did it take you a time, some time to get to get used to it, or was it right up your street? Well, I, I find that like obviously playing how we played, it was right up my street. Like, but then uh, seeing the rivals and and all that, it always takes you a, a little bit to adapt. But it's just the, the Speed of the game, like how everything is done, or like a thousand miles an hour. There's no no stop. Like there would be times that we would be winning one nil or like two one, and I would like tell my teammates just calm down, move the ball. Like we're winning. Like there's no rush, and uh, some like sometimes it, it happened. Or, like we would just go for it, and uh, we would like concede a goal in the last like, last five minutes or something like that. It was something that I couldn't understand. Like it's just trying to go for another goal another goal like just a thousand miles an hour and and obviously I, I got used to it I didn't agree with it but <laughs> I just got used to it and then um, I was going to ask as well obviously moving to Scotland there was uh, you, you would have to learn the the, the, the language um, and listening to you just now Jesus you, you've certainly got a, a Scottish accent there as well so you must have picked up quite quickly oh I used I used to be able to like uh, Make myself 
understandable for the people. Uh, I learned English in, like in a private school in Spain. I could like defend myself, but when I first came here, like and obviously John Hughes like having this like <laughs> really really like close action and everything, he would say something to me and I would just nod my head and <laughs> depends on like his reaction. Like I would be like, well, I need to change to know them. Just uh, it was it was hard to understand, but you need to do it if you want to like live. If you want to like uh, adapt yourself, you need to go to shows. You need to speak with people. You need you cannot just close yourself and like think, oh, I'm Spanish. I'll speak Spanish with Spanish people and all that. So no, yeah, like just when I when I was the teammates, just watch them. Actually, John Collins told me the one thing that I could do was just put the news on and repeat what they were saying in the news. And, uh, yeah, it, it worked out. Yeah, you just, it certainly has worked out. And of course, you spent a year at Livingston, of course, and then the move to Hamilton um, comes about. How, how did that that move come about? Alex Neil was it was in charge at the time, that's right? Yeah, Alex Neil was in charge at the time, and it was a bit, it was a bit of a shock that, like, uh, that move happened and, and, and how it happened. Because uh, that first, that my, my first year was uh, like probably a really good one for me. I won Player of the Year with the uh, Livingston. I was nominated for Player of the Year for the like the whole league as well, and uh, nothing happened. Like June came, nothing happened. July came, nothing happened. I was like, how is this like happening? I was like, and and here in Scotland I, I had no left for Spain or Italy or anything and I was like thinking to myself how is no one phoning and I was just trying to like train by myself and all that and then all of a sudden Hamilton phoned and uh, funnily enough on my last game with Livingston against Hamilton I got I did a little bit of the diving maybe just got it like that <laughs> and uh, I got Alan Neal sent off <laughs> so it was a 50-50 challenge he went in for it I went in for it I just did a lot of Spanish uh, theater and he <laughs> off. So that was the first thing that that he said to me when uh, he sent me. He was like, obviously, I, I don't think that I can say what he said in the radio. But like, <laughs> not really nice was saying like, oh, you got me sent off, blah, blah, but I would, I would like you to do that for my team. So that's, that's like uh, how it happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. And then, did you? Of course, Alex got you playing some great stuff that season. You were you were in the in the championship, and, and you went up. Of course, um, what was so good about Alex Neil and as a coach, and how did he get the best out of you? He just knew how to like have everyone involved and have everyone giving the like hundred percent. We were a group of like players that like maybe were were not the best like most talented but like we're the like hardest workers there and we knew that we could do things so I, I just even even on the playoff games going to the Hibs Stadium going, going to Easter Road turning all down everyone thought like that's it done even before the first game everyone thought like no no chance but we we, we still like believed that like we could do it and like it happened I, I think that like he could just Make you believe what he wanted you to believe. I think that, that was that was his strongest point. Yeah, and I mean there was some big um, 
big characters in, in the dressing room that season as well. We had um, we had uh, Mikel Antoine Curie on a, a few weeks ago, and he was he's quite a character as well. And you of course had guys like Tony Andrew, Jason Scotland, and, and what have you. So some big players in, in the dressing room. Oh yeah, like uh, obviously Jason Scotland was like probably the biggest player there. Tony Andrew after after the that season and the like, he just kicked on and like went down to Norwich with uh, Alec Neil. Yeah. Uh, Tony like uh, was a Livingston with me as well and like I just, I, you could see like the player that he was. So yeah, we had a a mixture of like uh, like good players and like hard working players that like uh, just was just bonded and like it was just like working great for us. Yeah, and before that Hibs game, of course, um, well, before the playoffs, you played in that crazy game when you beat Morton 10-2. What was that like to play? And have you ever played in a game as crazy as that, Jesus? No, it's like, obviously, everyone that, like, uh, hears about it, like, knows about it, they feel like, oh, that game was sick. And I can tell you right now, like, there was nothing fixed about it. It's just, it's just happened. One goal would go in. And then the next one we go in, and the next one we go in, it was like, <laughs> surely it's, it's going to stop now. And it's just, it just kept going, just kept going and going and going. The guy that scored the two goals for them signed for us the next year. So uh, he had to really, like signed a happy agreement. So it's not that like they were not trying, it's just, it just happened. <laughs> I just, I still don't know. Like, obviously, we scored it like that and on goal as well and all that so like that helped but it's just the goals were kept going in yeah it was, it was, it was a, a it was a shame that like obviously at the end it didn't like didn't work out but like we went after that we went to the playoffs and like it happened anyway so yeah, and touching on the players, you mentioned that the, the, the final, the Hibs game, of course, you lose the first leg um, 2-0. Um, many think that it's all over because you're going to Easter Road 2-0 down, but what was it like to, to play in that game at Easter Road, Jesus? The, the, did you guys still believe that you could turn the tie around? Absolutely, absolutely. We, like, we felt that we didn't deserve to lose the first game 2-0, and uh, it was cool for that are doing our result and uh, we still we still like believe that like if we if we managed to get a goal early like the game was there for us and uh, it's, it's just that's kind of things that like you train and like you play football for like all your life to be in this kind of game yeah definitely was there a party afterwards when, when you won on penalties uh, there was yeah there was everyone was just went back to Hamilton and like just uh, went out for like a couple of drinks and like celebrate nothing nothing crazy but like absolutely yeah and of course you carried that that form on the next season as well in the, in the Premiership you took it by storm you were top of the league at one point under under Alex Neil you, you had some memorable victories that game at Parkhead when you beat Celtic 1-0 what was that like to play in? just just amazing just, we just kept on and like those all kept coming for us and we are playing good football I think that like everyone expected us like to pump the games and just concede them and like they say like these are bigger teams, these are gonna be us. But no, that wasn't our like mentality. We just gave everyone a game and like we got the result. And uh, that perfect game is like I'm I'm quite an honest person and like I still would know how we won that game because they had probably like over twenty shots on target 
and the uh, the AT missed like a one v one with the keeper and everything. So, like obviously, loads of things happened for us to win that game. But like it was an, a, an amazing performance from everyone. Everyone just gave their hundred percent. And on another day, you lose that game like five one or whatever. But that day it just it just happened. Yeah, it certainly did. And, I mean, you were flying high, of course, Hamilton, and then at the turn of the year, Alex goes down to, to Norwich City. Were, were the players a bit gutted to see him go? Well, gutted to see him go, but then obviously we were happy for him to get the chance that he that he had, like that, like, that, that he had been working for. So uh, it was it was a 50-50, like, oh, we've got to see that you're going, and, like, things are going to change here, but obviously we're happy for you. Yeah, certainly. And uh, did you feel that, I mean, I asked them, um, we had Martin Canning on a, a few months ago and, and, and we asked him, of course, he took over and he seems to think if Alex maybe stayed, he, he sort of struggled with injuries after that, but there was a, a real chance of perhaps even making Europe that season. Is that what you guys believed that, that you, I mean, if, if you kept him there, that you could you could keep the run going? Well, that's, obviously, that's what we would have liked to happen. You don't know what could have happened and could have just changed completely. You don't have football as so you get like two bad results and then you're like in a dumb spiral like that was you can see that the end of it. So that's just uh, we will have lost to happen. It would have been like amazing, but you can you can never tell. Yeah. You can never tell with this. Yeah, you're right there. And of course, Martin takes over from Alex. Was was it difficult for the, the players like, like yourself to adjust? Because of course, he was your, your teammate, your defensive teammate, and now he was your, your manager. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit hard. More, more as, as, as the team and to get him than like uh, anything else. Because obviously, you're used to like speak to him like as a teammate and all that. So it's not natural to then speak to him like as your gaffer. But it's just something that you just need to do. It happened. It was the same with Alec Neal. He had been playing. He he still was playing on the championship uh, season and uh, some of the of the first uh, season in the SPL. So it's it's, it's something that you just need to deal with. It. Yeah, and your time at Hamilton as well. Near in the end of that, that Jesus, you suffered a, a bad knee injury, didn't you? I mean, that sort of curtailed your your career at Hamilton. It must have been gutting to to suffer that, and it sort of was that your time at Hamilton nearing an end when that happened. It was uh, I had only that that year left in, in my contract. It was uh, the first uh, competitive game of the season that happened. Me being a Spanish defender, I just had, and again. Well, I did, but I would probably do it again. I just did a, a quick turn on the, the striker just went right <laughs> through me and like broke my ACL and my MCL. And uh, yeah, obviously, after that, that Hamilton further like honoring the year was enough for me to like uh, recover, but they never gave me a chance to go back on the, on the pitch, not even clean to the first team. After I left, I, I, I heard from someone else that the reason was like so I wouldn't get back injured and they'd have to play again. Mm. But if that was the case, I would have even seen something saying like if I get injured again, I'll I'll do it myself. But I just want to be on that pitch, and I just think that like uh, from that from like people seeing that I never went back into the pitch. That's what like uh, 
stop my career. Like they were like, oh, so there must be something wrong with it. There must be something wrong with him that like he's not played again. But I was absolutely fine. But then obviously after that, I had to start from zero, and I had to like kind of like try and get a job as well again. So it's kind of like everything to like a, a hold on on my career. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a sad way to, to to exit the club. That's for sure. Aki's obviously played on the uh, the artificial artificial pitch. Jesus, how did you find playing on that? Were you were you a fan of it? I'm, I'm, I was used to it. Spain. Most of them are artificial, and like in the youth setups and the in lower like uh, leagues. So to be honest, uh, a good astro pitch. It's good. If, if it's a uh, a well-used, abused pitch, no. But a good Astro pitch that keeps getting changed two, three years, every two, three years, it's good to play in. I prefer a, a good Astro pitch than like a, like just a, a mud field. Yeah. Like some <laughs> yeah. that we get like here in Scotland in the January time, February time, you keep playing, you get games postponed, you play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday on the same pitch. It's absolutely like, you can't play football, but there's people that prefer grass, there's people that prefer astros, it's their own. Yeah. Um, was was there anyone in the, the Scottish Premiership that you came up against that was, was always a difficult opponent? Anyone that you that, that gave you a tough game? As a as a striker, probably like uh, Lee Griffiths. Oh, yeah. And obviously, uh, there's, uh, there's uh, one guy that like, Everyone wanted the Ballon d'Or for him. There's your band Dyke. Don't know if you know him. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, he was uh, he was a, a, a tough player to play, and he was just calling the game here up here. Yeah, he's some he's some centre half, that's for sure. And when you left, of course, you joined um, Edinburgh City, who just um, came up, uh, had a spell there, and then Stenhouse Muir. When you left Aki's, of course, you were dropping down a couple of divisions. Uh, Jesus, did you not have any uh, other offers anywhere? I had I had offers uh, away from Scotland, but at that time I had my wife, I had my first son, and uh, it's just a, a thing about like valuing, like were you gonna get out of it? If I had been just me on my own, I would have gone. But moving my family for like money that like me and my wife would be making more money here, maybe me working and hard working. As a nurse, we would be making more money than what they were offering me to go outside, to go to Romania, Cyprus, uh, all these places. It would have kept me playing, but it didn't make sense for me at the time. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I was going to ask as well, um, you've quite fancied a free kick during your career. You scored a few beauties. Was that something you always practised? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Just even even when when I was a kid, I've never had any other choice than like a football and Obviously, having my brother to play football as well, having my dad that used to play football, all what we used to do is like just go and play football. On our summer holidays, we'd have a we had a, a motor phone and we'd just go out and we would always park an extra football pitch and go and play. It was just just something like even if like maybe every Friday after training, just stay like dive for like twenty minutes, thirty minutes, just taking some free kicks and it's. It's fun to do it, and like you get better at it. So if you don't, if you don't practice, you're not, you're not gonna get better at it. 
Yeah, absolutely right. And um, more recently, of course, you were at uh, Bonnie Rig Rose. Is that is that right? Uh, I, I played with them a couple of games just to help them, just to get me back into like playing football. With the job that I've got now, like I, I work long shifts and uh, I can't really commit. So it was just kind of like a. I knew I knew the, the manager, Bobby yeah. Holmes, phoned me. I played against him, and like obviously I just be next to Bonnerick, and like he phoned me and said, "Like we've got three, four uh, people injured, like long, like long injuries, and uh, we're playing a lot of games just now. Would you be able to give us a hand?" And it was just a case of me turning up to the game, not even training that, and just give, giving them a hand. So hopefully now. Now, before all this coronavirus thing uh, started, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna get to to come off of this long shift. So I was gonna try to get back into it, like just at junior level, just for the sake of playing football, sort of like just the love of it. But obviously, all this happened and it just stopped just now. So we'll see what happens after after all this pandemic, and hopefully. Yeah, you mentioned the coronavirus there, Jesus. Of course, it's affecting everyone across the globe at the moment. In terms of yourself and your family, how's how's it affecting you guys? And you staying safe? Yeah, absolutely. Just staying at home as much as we can. Just going out, like shopping. I go out for shopping just by myself. Just going to the shopping, come back home, and like just kind of like put everything in the wash and like just. Obviously, my wife being a nurse, she knows about all of this. And then we just go out once a day with the kids, just around the block or like a couple of blocks just to get them out of the air. And that's it. Just seeing what's happening in Spain, literally just everywhere. Basically, like, just, I, I don't think the people in this country get it. Like, yeah, it's a nice day. Don't go out. Stay in your garden or like your balcony, whatever. Just yeah. stay safe. Yeah, yeah, you're quite right there. And I was going to say as well, I mean, you've been in Scotland for a number of years now. We can tell you've got the, the Scottish twang there. Is, is Scotland, I guess, your second home? Do you love staying here? Yes, no, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't love it, love it, love it. But like, <laughs> it's just my, my second home now. Like, I love everything about it except the weather. <laughs> oh, yeah, def- definitely. <laughs> if I could one thing, it would, be, it would be the weather. But Scotland is a lovely place. It's lovely. Yeah, it certainly is. And um, before we finish up then, Jesus, is there, is there any player that you've played with you would say is uh, the best player uh, that you've come across? That I've played with? Yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I, I could say those of like, big names. So, like, just, sorry about that. Oh, there's a the kid. My head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of them just wants to go for a nap now. My, my youngest. <laughs> So I've I, I played with the with the here Thiago Cantara, uh, Bojan. Oh, uh, so like obviously Van Dyke, I played against him. Just yeah, just like so many players. Like I could just keep naming and naming. I played when I was at Juventus. I played uh, like obviously against Pirlo, uh, Del Piero, Buffon. Wow. I'm just I'm I'm quite lucky. I'm quite lucky with that. Yeah, it's certainly something to tell the grandkids, that's for sure. 
Oh, yeah, plenty of photos and plenty of stories about it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that'll do us there. Jesus Garcia Tenner, thank you very much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing your story. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, that was episode 41 of the Talking Football Podcast with Jesus Garcia Tenya. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you've missed any so far, you can catch them all on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and also by visiting the website DerekClarkSports.co.uk. Remember, you can also follow us on Twitter at Talking underscore Football, and we're on Facebook as well. I hope you can join me again next week for another top interview. But until then, bye for now. <laughs>